0: Welcome to the Reach A Peak podcast experience. This podcast is for athletes of all levels who want to level up their nutrition to level up their game. Join me as I explore the world of nutrition, health, and performance. Each week, I dive into a new topic to help expand your knowledge, separate truth from myth, and change your perspective so you can start winning the right way and reach your peak potential. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian nutrition coach. Let's go. Okay, welcome back to the Reach Your Peak podcast experience. I'm your host, Alexa, as always, the sports dietitian and nutrition coach. And today we've got a part three for a series that I've been doing now for a few weeks where essentially I rate different things in the nutrition world. I always have trouble explaining exactly what the episode's about, but essentially I basically grab different diets or different strategies, different nutrition things, I say, and I rate them as overrated or underrated. Okay, so you understand more about from a sports statistician's perspective, certain things and how they actually fit in within the whole universe of the nutrition world. Okay, so I've done already t- uh, 10, obviously. So I've done two episodes before. I do five per episode. And today, I'm going to share another five. I'm going to review them for you and tell you why. Number one, okay, today, number one we're going to review is BCAAs. Now, looking back, I'm surprised I didn't do this for one of the earlier episodes. But I'm going to do it now anyway, because BCAAs are a very, very popular supplement. And you need to know the truth. And the truth is that they are highly overrated. Highly overrated to the point where they're actually not that kind of pointless for a lot of people in the sense that if you're eating enough protein and you're eating protein from good sources outside of the BCAAs, you're just going to be kind of, you're going to be watering yourself when you've already watered yourself enough. Think of it that way. Okay. It's kind of like washing your car when it's already raining outside. Like it's just not going to be doing any effect. Okay, So that's what you want to think about BCAAs. as. You can maybe take them if you like the taste of it. There is some evidence to support that it can help with DOMS, so delayed onset muscle soreness. But beyond that, just sipping on BCAAs all day, not only is that not conducive to good success if you're already eating enough protein, it potentially could be reducing your muscle protein synthesis because you need those peaks and valleys when it comes to muscle repair and recovery and damaging and all that sort of stuff. And if you're doing BCAAs where you're constantly in repair mode, it could diminish your muscle gains. So that's something to think about as well. But yeah, BCAA is highly overrated. Number two is healthy ice cream, quote unquote healthy ice cream. So what I'm talking about here is we're talking about Halo Top, we're talking about the Aldi version, we're talking about like Tillys and Kennys and all the kind of ice creams that are considered healthy because they're lower calorie or higher protein or something of that nature. So this one here, in my opinion, is actually properly rated it's not overrated I can see the premise behind it and some decent products out there I've done some reviews before on my YouTube channel for example but they're not underrated because they're quite highly touted and a lot of people go for them and a lot of people promote them so they're not overrated they're not underrated they're actually properly rated they serve a purpose they serve it well and I have no issues with them my only issue with them would be that in certain areas with certain individuals they might feel obliged that they can only eat the quote-unquote healthy ice cream and that they can't have maybe their favorite ice cream of another variety because apparently it's maybe unhealthy or whatever. There's always flexibility in the diet that so which should be. But all in all, healthy ice cream, I don't have a problem with it. It's evenly rated. The third one is something that's very, very trendy at the moment, and that's New Year's resolutions. And I've talked heaps about New Year's resolutions even on this podcast in recent times on my YouTube channel and on my socials as well, like Instagram. I've talked plenty about it. I've got blog posts about it. And my consensus is that I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the whole new year's new me resolutions. If they just, they're temporary, they don't work. And as you can already see, they're overrated. <laughs> okay. So they're overrated because the, like the, the matter of fact is this, if you were waiting for the new year to hit, to start a new year's resolution then you're doing it wrong from the get-go. Now, that's not to condemn. If you do that, I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying you're, you're, you're not going to succeed. You're a horrible person, nothing like that. Okay, You've been conditioned to feel like you need to have a New Year's resolution that you need to start at the new year. Once it hits a certain time, bam. But my, I'm just trying to shift your way of thinking. Yeah, I'm trying to shift your way of thinking. And if you go to a previous podcast episode, I explain more about this. But I'm trying to shift your way of thinking of waiting and then starting versus taking action as soon as possible and improving as you go. But all in all, having a New Year's resolution is overrated. And like I said, if you want more information, a perfect episode for you is literally the last week's episode. Go listen to that one. I explain all that it needs to know, and I even link you to some extra stuff. So yeah, that's if you're interested. Okay, number four is gluten-free foods. Now, this is a bit of a two-parter because... Gluten-free foods serve a purpose, but they don't serve a purpose for a lot of people in the way that they think. So I'm going I'm to split it up into two things for this. So you go and get like a, like a 4A and a 4B, <laughs> okay? So you get a bit of extra. Gluten-free foods for individuals with celiac disease, it is perfectly rated. It's not overrated. It's not underrated. You need to be eating gluten-free. For individuals who are not sensitive to gluten or don't have celiac disease, eating gluten-free foods is highly overrated. Okay, it's definitely not underrated, because there's plenty of gurus out there saying you need to eat gluten-free because it's healthier for you, but it's definitely overrated. And it can't be properly rated because you don't need it. It's overrated. okay? You don't need to eat gluten-free unless, for whatever reason, you enjoy the gluten-free version, then so be it. I'm not here to judge that. I'm just saying, if you're choosing gluten-free thinking it's healthy for you, but you have no celiac disease, et cetera, et cetera, you're wasting your money, wasting your time, and perhaps you're wasting some taste. Because I've talked to friends who have celiac disease. They don't like all the gluten-free versions. They wish they could eat the normal versions. Okay, so don't just be eating and it thinking it's healthier. It's not unless you've got c disease and the like. Food for thought, food for thought. And then finally, number five is flexible dieting. Okay, Kind of throw like a big spanner in the works there. It's, uh, it's basically my approach to nutrition or one of, the, one of the pillars, so to speak, not my whole approach. But flexible dieting, flexible nutrition, whatever you want to call it, it is drum roll, please. That's my imitation of a drum roll. Not really good, but you got to get by. Don't have a sound effects right now. It is. I would say, for some people, it's properly rated because they see what it is. But I'll even venture to say that it is overrated in some in some areas of life. Okay, for some people, and I hate to say it because when done correctly, it's like I said, it's one of the pillars of my approach. But when done correctly, it's it's really good. But when people overemphasize, you know, that you need to be, you know, that you need to focus on this and that, and you can't have any flexibility. That's when that's when the issue lies. So it's when the obsession leads to flexible dieting becoming inflexible dieting. That's when it becomes overrated. But in some spheres as well, so this is a bit of a weird one. I don't even know why I include this because it's like bits and pieces here and there. But for some people, it's actually underrated because people don't realize how good flexible dieting is. So actually, no, I'm going to switch my answer. It's properly rated when just done nicely. But in a lot of spaces, it's actually underrated. The more I think about it, it is underrated. Okay, So yeah, this is a bit of a random random answer. I understand that. But I'm going to say it's underrated because people don't realize how effective flexible dieting can be. They don't understand how you can actually eat foods that you enjoy, do it strategically and still get results and be healthy. People don't realize that. People think you have to eat clean or you have to cut out this food and that food. So yeah, no, the more I think about it, I, I was being silly. It is underrated. Hey, flexible dieting as popular as it is overall, it is underrated in terms of people still have this block when it comes to flexible dieting, thinking, oh, surely I can't be eating in that block of chocolate and still get results. You can I do it. So do my clients and they're doing well. Okay. So yeah, I'll say underrated, even though it's not like with any of these things, they're Obviously, it depends on the person, of course. But now, overall, I'm going to answer that flexible dieting is a bit underrated. A bit underrated. Not hugely underrated. A bit underrated because people don't realize how flexible nutrition is good nutrition. Yeah, hope that answers that one. So to do a bit of a recap, BCAAs, highly overrated. Healthy ice cream, properly rated. New resolutions, they're not highly overrated, but they're a bit overrated. Gluten free foods for people that don't need it, overrated, definitely. And then number five, flexible dieting, it is actually generally a bit underrated, okay? Just a smidge underrated. Yeah, that's my answers for this one, okay? So look out for part four in the coming weeks whenever I decide to do it and I'll do another five. Another five nutrition things will be rated as overrated or underrated, maybe even some properly rated, okay? Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast so you can stay up to date whenever I drop an episode. And of course, if you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You can also find me on socials where I regularly post valuable sports nutrition content to help you elevate your sports game, elevate your nutrition game, and reach your peak potential. Simply search for The Climbing Dietitian and be sure to click follow. Until next time, stay safe, And stay dedicated. See ya.